Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. So good to be at Highmark Church today. Man, shout out to the transformation team. How many of you are on the transformation team? You guys are doing an amazing job. I came into this school this morning. I thought, how in the world uh, have you guys done all this? I, I have a list already of nine different things that I've seen that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal and take those ideas and take them back to Des Moines, Iowa with us. And it's just a joy, a real joy to be here. And uh, I wish my family could, could be with me today, but they are back. Um, in Des Moines at church this morning. It's hard to travel because we've got, uh, we've got three kids under the age of five. So Oliver, uh, Oliver is, uh, will be five this next month. Uh, Milo will be three in December. And then Henry uh, is nine months. And, uh, and so we're just, we're kind of living that life. Come on, somebody. I, I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if any of you have been there. In fact, I got... Um, I got a little bone to pick with Pastor Don and Jamie because when they came that weekend, uh, I, I kind of met with them offline when my wife was using the restroom. I said, you got to try to convince my wife to be done at two kids. Like, I don't know if I want to do three. And uh, so you guys did not do a good enough job there because we ended up uh, with three. And so, uh, man, just so good to see all of you in the summer. How many know, how many know that in just a month or so, there's, you're going to have to add more chairs in this auditorium because there's going to be so many people coming in this fall, and, and uh, I just believe that. I believe greater things um, are just around the corner here, and six months in and, and doing great. How many of you know you have some amazing pastors, Pastor Don and Jamie and their family? Put your hands together and just show some love. Just encourage, encourage them. And, and Andrew, who's on run, running the slides right now, he's got all the power. He could shut me down if he wanted to right now. And, uh, and Lexi, who's in the kids' ministry, and, and uh, love just seeing families serve, serve together. And uh, man, I, I'm, I, am, I am a product of the local church. I am a third-generation Pentecostal pastor on both sides. Come on, somebody. I, I, that, that is, I got, uh, my, both grandfathers were church planters. My dad was a church planter. My dad planted a church in 1974 before church planting was really even a thing. It took them six months to get the first person to even show up. Six months of having church. Can you imagine that, Pastor Don? Every Sunday, transforming and, and tearing it. And six months, finally, one little old lady came into that service. And, and just over the next 11 years, God grew that. And so I, I am. I am a product of the local church. Every one of my uncles is a pastor. My oldest cousin's a pastor. My second oldest cousin married a pastor. Come on. It is, it's, in, it's in the blood. So I love, I love the church. I'm a church kid. And I love church, and so I'm so thankful. That's why, that's, why, that's why I gave up a weekend to come out here because I believe in the local church. I believe in the Big C Church. That not, it's not just Highmark. It's all the churches around Fishers and in, in Indianapolis area and in Iowa and Michigan and Ohio. Every, all around. The, how many know we need God back in America again? Could I get a better amen somebody right there? We, we've got to. And so the, the power of the local church. I just want you to grasp that, that, that the part you're playing in the big body of Christ, it's making a difference right here. It's your church and that church and all the churches together. And, uh, and we're going to do, do some damage. I know the enemy right now is shaking in his boots. Come on, because he, he's feeling Highmark Church and Summit Creek Church and all these churches around America. So I just want you to know what you are a part of is even bigger than just what you see uh, here today. It was just uh, four and a half years ago that my family moved to Des Moines. 
to launch Summit Creek, and we needed about nine months to get that thing off the ground. And so on September 13, 2015, uh, we had 328 people show up to a middle school very similar to this. And uh, because of my incredible leadership and preaching abilities, uh, in just one week, I grew that church from 328 all the way down to 117. Come on, somebody. That, that's, not, that's not what I, that's not, that was not the trajectory I was, I was planning um, but God has just continued to be faithful and grow and help us uh, grow that church. And it is now a vibrant, healthy, life-giving church in Des Moines, Iowa. In fact, the reason I'm able to be here today is because we're doing something really unique at our church called Six and Six. I think we have a, even have a picture maybe of our communicators if we were able to get that in there. And uh, so th- they're right, like right now, they're going and six, six of them are speaking six-minute messages each. And, uh, and so I'm so proud of them, so excited. And uh, I called them, FaceTimed them before service and said, I'm so thankful for you guys because now I get to be be here and just bless uh, Pastor Don. Let him have a week off. 25 out of 26 Sundays he's preached. Come on, somebody. He, he's, 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 due for, he's due for just a week, a week off, and so I'm really glad uh, to be here. I have been in church my whole life, um, was saved at a young age, seen a lot, of, a lot of churches, been to a lot of churches, and one of the things I love about going to different churches is just seeing the different styles, different personalities, and I love... I love um, and now you guys don't have it because you're portable, but one day you might. Uh, you, know the, you know the old school church kiosks, you know, where, where, where somebody in the church was given a little too much authority to just kind of put whatever they wanted out there on the, on the kiosk? Uh, if you're not tracking with me, I just I brought uh, a few with me um, here today. Uh, this one I thought was pretty funny at the Church of the Cross. It says, don't let worries kill you. Let the church help, all right? You know, so... That, I don't think that's exactly what they meant to say. Here's a Baptist church that did everything they could. They were trying. Whoever stole our AC units, just keep one because it's hot where you're going. All right. That's a low, low blow there. How about this one, Presbyterian church? Our, fudge, our church is like fudge, sweet with a few nuts. How many know, how many know there's a few, few nuts every once in a while in church? Uh, I love this one. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. All right, so I hope... <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Pastor Don's better than that, uh, but I, I, I love, I love me some just some church, church signs. So we got to, we got to get to work today. You ready? You ready? To, you ready to jump into God's word, everybody? Make sure you get something to take, take notes with, and uh, it's, it's gonna be a good, good day. We're jumping right into this series in step. Um, man, what, what a powerful series, by the way, that you guys are in um, the, uh, over the last few weeks this summer. And I just want to jump in uh, with Galatians chapter 5 and pick up right here in the message paraphrase. And it just says, but what, but what happens when we live God's way? So I'm starting in verse 22. But what happens when we live God's way? Uh, in other words, it's inferring that there may be another way to live besides God's way. And if you're like me, we've, <laughs> you've gone through a season where you've tried it your own way. And it just didn't work out. And that's what happens when we, when we don't live God's way. Uh, we find ourselves in a pig pen situation like the prodigal son, or we, we find ourselves just on our knees. We Completely, life is messed up because God, God has a reason that he gave us scripture to live by. He get, there's a reason he gave us the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Hey, live, live this way. Live in step with the Spirit. So what happens? What happens when we live God's way? Well, he brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. 
which is, which is interesting because, it's, because Jesus, even the words of Jesus, talked about how uh, people will actually know you by your fruit. So see, God sees the inside, but people see the outside. So, so obviously the heart is what's most important, but there's a bunch of people around Fishers, Indiana, they can't see the inside. So they're seeing the fruit, and you can identify a tree by its fruit. So if you claim to be an apple tree, but there ain't any apples in there, then it's hard to, it's hard to tell people you're an apple tree. So if you say you're a Christ follower, but there's no fruit, it's hard for someone to know and believe that you might be a Christian. So this is a, this is a season as a church, right? Before the harvest season in the fall, there's a chance for us as some of the key members and some of the life team here to, to really look inside and go, hey, how's, how's the fruit of my life? How am, I, how am I living, all right? So it appears like in an orchard, things like, and then he begins to list them, Paul does, like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. And then I love this one. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. And that's where we're going to pause just for a few moments today. I want to speak to you for the rest of the time we have together on the subject of faithfulness. Faithfulness. Turn to your neighbor and say, faithfulness. Come on, tell, tell them faithfulness. Now turn to the person who is your second choice and say, you need to be a little faithful today. Tell them you just need to be a little faithful today. All right? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness in the Hebrew uh, is the word emunah. Emunah. All right? Which literally means firm or steady. All right? In fact, if you go to Exodus chapter 17, I don't have time to get into it this morning, but you'll read the story about when Aaron and her were lifting up the, the arms of Moses, and every time his arms were up, the Israelites were winning the battle, but when his arms came down, they began to lose. And so they literally held his arms, and there in, in, in chapter 17, it talks about, it uses this word, emunah. It says, Moses' hands were steady, they were firm, they did not move. And so today I want to talk around this idea of faithfulness, but in the context of and through the lens of that it can be easy, it's easy to be faithful on the good days. But real faithfulness is needed on the bad days. That real faithfulness is tested not when everything's going well, but when stuff starts to go bad. Because it's easy to be faithful, it's easy to be loyal, it's easy to go, hey, I got your back, hey, I'm here, I'm here for the long haul until something bad happens. And if anyone had the right to talk to us about faithfulness, it was Brother Paul. Because Paul had some bad days, right? In fact, Scripture records that five different times he received the 39 lashes. The same 39 lashes that Jesus himself received, and it almost killed him. And Paul received it five different times. Three times he was beaten with rods. And in those days, they would actually beat the calves and the hamstrings to just to, just, uh, just to bring on just excruciating, excruciating pain and to torture the person. Three times he was shipwrecked. And one of those times the Bible records that he was actually out in the water all night and all day. Just imagine just, you know, you know how it goes floating in the, just all night, all day. Three, I mean, I can't even fathom, like the idea of being shipwrecked out on that really nice reservoir you guys have just over here. Like imagine just driving a boat and just boom, crashing and you go overboard. Like that would be a life, like you would never stop. That's a life, like traumatic story. Like that, that rarely ever happens. And, and, and our boy Paul, three different times, 
was shipwrecked. <laughs> the Bible even says that he was bitten by a snake. Like if after being shipwrecked wasn't bad enough, it's like, well, let's just get a snake and it'll bite you. It even says that he was stoned, right? And, and, and it's not talking about recreational being so. Okay, some of you are like, hey, at least he had a little relief. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what it's like in Indianapolis, but okay. Uh, no, but he was, he was literally, literally stoned. But, but, but despite all of that, Paul never quit. Paul never quit. He was, he was faithful through the, through the lashes, through the beatings, through the snake bite, through being shipwrecked. He never let go of the call of God on his life. He never stopped pursuing his purpose. I, I, lo- I love your guys' tagline, pursue your purpose. Like go after it. And, and for some of us, purpose, we go after it. And as soon as something bad happens, we're like, well, it must not be my purpose. No, it may be the very thing that you're supposed to be going after. Because when we, when we hit hard times, it may just be the enemy trying to stop us from accomplishing now imagine, just imagine, imagine, imagine if Paul would have stopped. Imagine, because Paul, Paul had great ministry while he was on the earth, but think about his ministry that is still, still today. I mean, he wrote over half the New Testament. We're quoting, we're reading it, we're learning from it today. Had he quit, we may not have gotten Galatians. We may not have gotten the fruit of the Spirit. And some of you, God has great things destined for your life. Young people, God has things planned for your life. Students, hey, lean into the things of God. Pursue your purpose because you never know what God wants to do. The best is yet to come. Like there are things in store. Ephesians 3.20, pastor read it earlier. Immeasurably more. Like take, take your wildest dreams and God can just multiply it. And that's what he wants to do in your life. So Paul, Paul never gave up, gave up. In fact, that's why he wrote in the next chapter, so let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, we're gonna reap a harvest. There's blessing on the other side of hard days. Like, I, I just wonder, I, I just wrote this down in my notes. Like, I just kind of asked this question. Like, how many of us have given up right before the blessing was about to come? Right before we were about to reap the harvest. So like six months in, July 28th, middle of the summer, people are traveling, people are gone. You look around, okay, and it could be, oh my word, what are we doing? Hey, if you stick with this, don't give up. Keep coming and transforming this school and, and keep serving and opening doors and holding babies and playing your guitar and, and running production. All the different teams, you, you, you lean in, you keep pursuing that purpose. And I'm telling you, just on the other side of, of, of your first summer, right, is blessing. It's a harvest that's waiting for us if we don't give up. In fact, maybe you want to write it down uh, this way, that it may be the best and most rewarding decision we can make is to stay the course, even when it would be much simpler to turn and walk away. In fact, again, I, I, I only have so much time here, and I want to be respectful of your time, but so, so for you extra note takers, just jot down the story of Ruth and Naomi. All right, and just go read, it's just a couple of chapters, go read that, and I'm telling you, this point right here about the, about the power of faithfulness can come alive so much you can apply it to your life, and when really what, what looks like it could be a tough, a tough decision to go this way, I'm actually going to, I'm going to stay put, even though it would be, it'd be easier, it'd be easier if I went back, it'd be easier if I just went back to the old life, it'd be easier if I just pursued something else, but I'm going to stick with whatever God has called me to do. So if you're taking notes, three things we just need to know about faithfulness, and then I'm gonna, and then we're going to get real, uh, real down into the weeds and real practical for you. But three things you need to know about faithfulness. Number one, it's countercultural. Faithfulness is countercultural. Uh, that's why Paul writes in Romans, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. He, he's, he understood that even then and, and today, it is, faithfulness, faithfulness doesn't happen 
on accident. It has to be intentional. If we just let ourselves do what we do best, we aren't faithful and loyal through the tough days. Faithfulness is counterculture. I mean, we live, we live in a culture right now that is a what have you done for me lately? I mean, just think about, the, think about social media, right? Social media is just, I mean, it's Instagram, Twitter. And what I do is I follow someone. And if I don't, if I kind of get tired of them, like I'm tired of seeing pictures of their cats or pictures of their meals or like, or, you know, Transformation Tuesday or like Throwback Thursday, like, and I'll just unfollow them. I'll just, boom, unfollow. Now I don't have to see them anymore, right? And we kind of live in this Twitter, follow, unfollow. And I'm just telling you, God is not a God to just be followed and unfollowed. He's a God to be served faithfully through it all. All right, come on, we're gonna look at some things today. Where are we supposed to be faithful? But it's countercultural. It's something that we have to, we have to go against the grain. Loyal is a lost art. It's a lot. I'm passionate about teaching our young people, especially just this idea of hey, sticking it out even when, even when it gets tough. I mean, I'm a preschool dropout. Come on, somebody. I mean, I went, I went two days and I said, I'm done with preschool. And my mom let me. She just said, okay, you know, I was the only son, middle child. I got, you know, I got spoiled. And, and so I, I quit preschool. I tried swimming lessons. I quit after one. It was hard. I didn't want to put my head under the water. Like, so I, I grew up kind of, and I had, I, have to, I had to fight this. So by nature, this is not easy for me, for all of us. Faithfulness is countercultural. Number two, a faithfulness is a choice. And it's a choice that we need to make every day even when it's hard. Look, I'll share just a couple verses from this story uh, in the book of Ruth. It says, look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. And in that day, she, had, she, was, she, was, she, had, she was at a fork in the road and to go back with her family would have meant she would have been guaranteed a husband, guaranteed financial provision. She would have a place to stay. All the, all, all the answers, right? And how many know we like answers? I like, I like exclamation points better, like, better than I like question marks, right? I, it's hard. But, but, but so, her, so, her, so her mother-in-law is trying to convince her, hey, go, just, it'd be easier to go back. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. I think these are powerful words that we can say to people in our life. Hey, don't ask me to leave. Like I've told Heather, if you leave me, I'm going with you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, don't ask me to leave and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Kind of sounds like wedding vows. In fact, I actually, that's, those are the vows I use when I perform weddings. If they don't have them, I give them those. I just, wherever you live, wherever you go, I'm, I'm attaching myself to you, honey. You can leave, but I'm going right. I, I, will, I will always be, always be with you. You see, faithfulness is a choice. Feelings were never meant to be leaders. Uh, they're to be followers of truth. So, so, so cho- choice, let choices lead, um, not feelings. Let feelings follow. So, so, but pastor, I don't feel like forgiving. Um, well, then just choose to forgive. I, if you wait till your feelings, you'll, you'll, you'll never forgive. I, I don't feel like loving them. Well, there's days I don't feel like loving my wife, but it's, it's not a feeling, it's a choice. We don't fall in and out of love. We choose, we choose to love. We choose to serve. So choices lead, feelings follow. Don't, 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 let, don't let your... If you, li- if you follow your feelings, come on, I would not be standing here as a pastor and an overseer of, some, if I, of Highmark if I let my feelings dictate my choices. Because we all, we all live, we, we've looked at it in Galatians 5. We, we, we have a sinful nature that's at war within us. Pastor Don talked about it last week. The sinful nature wants us to do this. The spirit nature wants us to do this. 
Choices lead, feelings follow. Faithfulness is a choice. Number three, faithfulness is rewarded. It's rewarded. This is just kind of a bonus. Like, probably didn't need to put it in here, but I'll just give it to you. Faithfulness is rewarded. James chapter one. Happy are those who remain faithful under trials, right? Not on the good days, but under trials. Because when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love him. You're rewarded. Faithfulness is rewarded. So when we walk in step, right, with the Holy Spirit, there's that, there's that theme, those theme words, in step, that we find in verse 25. When we walk in step with the Spirit, we find then, if we go back to Galatians 5.22, in our original text that we read, it says that we'll find ourselves, right, involved in loyal, loyal commitments. So if you're going to walk in step with the, with the Spirit, right, then that means that we ought to be in loyal commitments, not half-hearted commitments, not, hey, I'm going to commit unless there, until, there's something, until there's something better, right? I'm, not, I'm, I'm committing till death do us part. I, I am going to be involved in loyal commitments. Now, we know, we know loyalty in like brand loyalty, right? Like how many of you, any, any Apple fans, like iPhones, iPhone, like the Apple brand, any Apple fans in the house? Yeah, okay. Uh, we had a little meeting in the back before we came out and Everybody on the uh, worship team had an Apple Watch except for one guy. I won't say his name, all right? But he doesn't need prayer because he he's, he's an Android guy. So we, we got we to we pray for him and just pray that he'd be delivered from the spirit of Android, okay? In Jesus' name, all right? So, so, so Apple, I love Apple. I love Apple so much that I'll just continue to buy their products even though they continue to make these little tweaks like, oh my word, you don't have to have a, a like, uh, like, now it's all wireless, but now you have to buy like different core. Like every time I go to the store, it's like I have to buy an adapter for something, right? Because it sounds so, but I, I love, I'm loyal. I'm, I'm loyal to certain brands. I'm a, I'm a Toyota guy. I love Toyotas. In fact, yesterday, Jackson picked me up from the airport in a Toyota, all right? Now this Toyota was making some noises that I had not heard from a Toyota before, but nonetheless, it was a Toyota. I love, I love, I love, I love Toyota. Um, how about Chick-fil-A? Anybody loyal to Chick-fil-A? Any raving fans of Chick-fil-A, all right? Anybody want to go get Chick-fil-A today after church? Okay, I'm sorry. That was cruel. That was cruel, <laughs> unusual punishment. Yesterday, we went to Chick-fil-A uh, right over by uh, kind of the mall area, and uh, it was 2.30 in the afternoon. So it wasn't lunchtime. It wasn't dinner time, and they had both lanes coming all the way. Like, I mean, it took us like 10 minutes just to get to the drive-thru. There's something, there's something in the chicken, all right, and it's more than Jesus. There's, there, I, think there, I think there may be drugs. I really do. I think there may, it's addicting. It's addicting, but, but we're loyal. We're loyal to, we're loyal to different brands. Um, there's team loyalty, right? I'm assuming there's some Colts fans in the house. Any Colts fans in the house? Um, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Indiana Hoosiers, like, yeah, okay, all right, all right. Um, so uh, Pacers, any Pacers fans? Are there like any actual like IUPUI fans, like diehard, like, yes, like alumni probably right there, yes, IUPUI all day, right? Oh, that's awesome. I remember the first time they made it to the tournament, and I'm like, how am I going to put this in the bracket? Like there's way too many, all right, letters to fill that in the bracket. We all, we all have team, uh, team loyalty. So what I want to talk about today is um, not brand loyalty, but being loyalty, loyal to three different uh, things in our life that I think are much more important than brands and teams and sports. So if you're taking notes, you can jot these down. Three things that we should be loyal to as we close today. Number one, uh, our relationships. Our relationships. Commitment means 
staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. I think that's powerful, especially, especially in marriage. That, that on those days long after that, I mean, come on, the, the, wedding, the wedding was nice. I mean, the wedding had some, some nice weather, some beautiful music, the cake was good, the, the dresses were nice, the tux, everything, you know, usually goes pretty well at the wedding. And, oh, it's kumbaya, and I love you, until death do his part. And I'm telling you, some of us get on that plane to go to the honeymoon, and we're, we're, we're just a couple delays or cancellations away from, ah, you know, like it's all, it's all down, you know, it's all downhill. But hey, commitment is staying loyal, loyal, even, even, when we don't, even when we don't feel like it. And this can be really hard, right? This can be extremely, extremely hard to be, to be loyal to certain people. Because being faithful to people who aren't faithful to us, come on, that, that's tough, isn't it? It's, it's easy to be faithful to those who are faithful to us, but what about when people have, have, have maybe said something about us behind our back, a, f- a friend that, that we were really close and all of a sudden there's, there's some tension and they did something that was kind of stabbed us in the back or they betrayed us and we were hurt by people. And let me just encourage you that even, even when it's tough, that we stay faithful. You say, Jonathan, I, I just don't think I can remain faithful to that person. Philippians 4.13, let me just remind you, I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So, you, so, so for some of us, we may today, maybe an action step is to, to re-engage with someone who has, who has hurt us. That we're going to stay faithful even when it's difficult. Because God has been faithful to me, I can now be faithful to others, the power that is at work within me, right? It gives me the ability, not because I want to, not because I can, but I can be faithful to those who are even hard to be faithful to because I have the Spirit of God living in me. I'm walking in step with the Spirit. Now, if you are in an abusive relationship, if you are in a, man, a manipulative relationship, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting there's, there are times, and if, if you need help, I'm just telling you, get out. Get out, talk, to, talk to someone at the church or, or seek help. Like I'm, I'm not suggesting you stay in an abusive relationship, but healthy, healthy relationships, healthy people that are in your world that maybe have just messed up, made a mistake. Hey, maybe, maybe today is the day where we begin to, to reciprocate that faithfulness, give it back to them. Even though, even though we've, we've lost the trust, we're going to remain faithful in our relationships, those friends, those family members, those closest to us, those in our, uh, those in our life groups, those in, in, at work, family members. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're, today, we're going to choose to be faithful in every relationship. Number two, number two we're going to be faithful uh, in our church. And I'm, and I'm passionate about this one. This one, this one I'm, I'm really passionate about this one. Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing Near. Can I, can I, I just preach to the choir for a minute. Hey, make church a priority. Make church a priority. And, and, and this, is, this is an area where I know culturally it's kind of like, hey, I love God, but kind of the church things. I, you know, we, we, uh, the, the church is the body of Christ, so we can't really do the Christ thing without the body of Christ. So we, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to make church, uh, make church a priority. Be faithful to your church and to your pastors. Be faithful to, to Don and Jamie and, and bless them, encourage them. Hey, let them know that even if it gets tough, we're here. There's nothing worse as a pastor than having people in your corner fighting on your behalf. And as soon as a bad day happens, as soon as you give one bad sermon or a song they don't like or something that they don't, they're gone. 
hey, we're going to be faithful to the call of God in this house, and you've been called and set in this place for such a time as this. Be faithful to your pastors. I love this. I saw a survey recently. It was an online survey of the qualities that people expect uh, from perfect pastors. It's somewhat uh, humorous, to be honest. Um, It says that they preach for exactly 12 minutes, right? This is a perfect pastor. Uh, They are 28 years of age, but have been preaching for 30 years, right? They just love... They love that. Uh, They work from 8 a.m. until midnight every day, uh, but they're also the caretaker. Uh, They frequently condemn sin, but never upset anyone. Uh, They wear good clothes, buy good books, drive a good car, give generously to the poor, and have a low salary. Like, that's a perfect pastor right there. They make 15 calls per day to families in the church, visit the housebound and the hospitalized, spend all their time evangelizing the unchurched, and are always in the office when they're needed. Oh, and by the way, uh, perfect pastors are also very good looking. So at least we know, at least we know we got that one covered. Pastor Don, very, very good looking uh, pastor uh, that you guys have. So one of the greatest gifts you can give is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness to this church. Your faithfulness to the champion family. Believing in them. And one of the ways that you'll be able to do this better, all right, let me just, let me just help you. I know I'm not your pastor, but let me pastor you for just a little bit is to approach church differently than maybe you are currently. That you approach church not selfishly, but selflessly. That you actually come with a contributor mindset rather than a consumer mindset. It's much easier to be faithful when you're here for the mission rather than if you're just here for your own needs. Because at some point, all right, there's going to be something that happens that you disagree with or you don't like or it's not your preference or, man, you didn't feel like you got... You got fed that day, and my, my goodness, please don't ever leave this church because you're not being fed. It's not his job to feed you. We are to feed, we are supposed to be self-sustainers, self-feeders. All right, you get a word from the Lord, and when you bring it here, it, what he says will just confirm what you've already been doing. We are here for those that are not here yet. That's the whole idea of Highmark Church is that we're, 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 we're I mean, my goodness, we're transforming this school every Sunday, not just so we can have a nice little kumbaya church service. We're doing this so we can reach the lost and the hurting and the broken of Indianapolis, Indiana, right? So, so just, I want you to approach it different because when you come in and you're like, hey, what can I do? How can I serve? How can I help? You're, it, it's very, it's much, you're not going to be offended as easily. You're not going to get discouraged as easily. It's the most fun you'll ever have when you start coming to church for the people who aren't here yet, when it's not just all about us. And that's why the growth track is something we run at our church, and I th- it's one of the greatest systems of helping you get on a team and discover your purpose and just figure out how, what, what's your role. 87% of Christians have no idea what their role in the body of Christ is, and we're on mission to try to change that and try to help you discover where is it, is it, is it, is it hospitality, is it babies, is it worship, is it, is it ushering, is it parking? Hey, where can you fit in the body of Christ? So next week, Step one begins with the growth track. And if you've not gone through it, let me just encourage you to go through the growth track, learn what this church is all about and how you can help serve and be faithful to this house. Because sometimes the greatest act of faith is actually faithfulness and it's staying where you're planted. Sometimes we think that the big acts of faith are moving across the country and launching out and, and getting out of the boat. But sometimes when the water starts coming into the boat, the greatest act of faith is actually staying right in the boat. That when the tough days come, no, no, I'm, I'm here for you, Pastor. I'm here for you, Highmark. 
right? Through hell and high water, I'm here. I'm, I'm, stick, I'm sticking it out. I'm going to be part of this no matter what happens. And that's why I love this verse, Psalm 92. This is the promise. When you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, all right? This is the church verse. This is, this is the why behind church right here. The righteous will flourish like the palm tree. They'll grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. You'll flourish. You gotta get those roots down deep into church. Church is part of our spiritual formation, our spiritual growth. It's more than just reading our Bibles on our own and praying. The local church, right? In the courts of our God, they will still bear fruit in old age. Come on, I pray this over our, my children every day, that one day that they'll grow up and they'll love God, they'll love us, and they'll love the church. I don't want it to be all, I don't want it to be all said and done. We planted a great church and grew, reached a lot of people, and my own kids aren't even serving the Lord or don't even like me or don't like the church. So we pray that they'll, that they'll grow old, that they'll stay fresh and green. Wouldn't you want your kids when they get old to stay fresh and green. They prosper and they, and, and, they, and they would declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, believe, I'm believing that as you plant roots into Highmark Church, that not only will you grow and flourish, but your children. Well, the church is a generational organization. We're investing. That's why I love seeing the, the children's ministry and the youth ministry of Highmark here because they're investing in the next generation of leaders because one day we're going to be gone and we got to hand this thing off and leave it for some people who, who are younger than us right now but are going to grow up and take their spot as leaders in the body of Christ. So we need to be faithful, faithful in our relationships, faithful to our church, and then number three, faithful to our God. This is the most important one, that my loyalty to God is not based on what he does for me, right, but who he is. That we're not, that, that, that God's not, if God doesn't do another thing for me, he's already sent his son 2,000 years ago so that I could spend eternal life in heaven. He didn't need to do anything else. I, he didn't owe me a, a thing. I'm going to be faithful, not for what he does for me, but because of who he is. He's my God. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my Redeemer. He's my healer, right? And so when things don't go our way, we can either run to God or we can run from Him. And I want to encourage all of us that when the days get tough, we don't, we don't run from Him, but we run right to Him. The Bible says in Proverbs that, that the righteous can run, run to God, and He's a tower. And when we get there, we are safe in Him. Oh, my goodness. It's, 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 one, of the great, it's one of the great promises in Scripture. I love the story of um, a man named Assam. It was the late 1800s in Northeast India, a time of the world and a, and a time in history where in that region it was um, a capital offense to become a Christian. And Assam uh, met Jesus and he had converted uh, to Christianity. And uh, the story actually is where, if, it, if some of the older folks remember the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus, right? I have decided to follow Jesus. You know that song, right? No turning back, no turning back. The world, the world behind me, the cross before me, right? So this story is based on that. So Assam meets Jesus if he gives his life to the Lord. And the officials in the town, the government leaders, they, they found out. And so they, they brought him out into the town square in front of everybody. And they said, listen, if you don't denounce Christianity, um, we're going to kill you right here on the spot. And that's when he said the words, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
when they realized that they weren't going to get to him, they dragged his wife out, put her right next to him and said, if you do not, if you do not denounce Christianity, we'll kill your wife right now. And then he said the words, though none go with me, still I will follow. They killed his wife right on the spot, right in front of him and everybody in the town. And that's where the words of the song came. But the power of the story is not in what happened to him or his wife. The power of the story is that they were faithful even despite a really difficult situation. And what happened was the chief in that village gave his life to Jesus. When he saw the, pow- when he saw the faithfulness of a psalm, he gave his life to Jesus. And everybody in the village that day gave their lives to Jesus Christ because of one man's faithfulness to God. We are to remain faithful. Even even when people persecute us, call us names, maybe even family members say, hey, if you go that route, we're done. There's threats that we are gonna, no turning back. Though even if no one else in my family, my world, my job, my neighborhood, if I'm the only one, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And that's why we close with this verse, Joshua chapter 24. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my church, as for me, my wife, me and my kids, Highmark Church, we will serve the Lord. And everybody said a good amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Father, I thank you for this opportunity today to come into your house. Lord, and I thank you for how you've taught us just through a simple couple of verses in Galatians 5 about the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, this idea of faithfulness. And Father, I pray right now that you would help each and every one of us to be faithful, Lord, to remain steady and firm, even in the, even in, on the good days and the bad days. God, we are faithful in our relationships, faithful in this church, faithful to our pastors, Lord, and faithful to you, Lord, though none go with us, still we'll follow. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.